Hello, Growing Up Crazy. I guess we'll call it bonus material, but I, it's more like a clarification for somebody that asked. I want to also say that I'm going to leave politics and society and all of these things and get back to what I really wanted to start talking about, which is the stories that I'm creating for the series, the book series, Growing Up Crazy, and the things that have happened to me and, and my take from them. But to wrap up the culture war and my thoughts about it, or at least to make it more clear for somebody that was interested, what I mean when I say the culture war is we have to look at framing, we have to look at nuance, and we have to look at viable avenues to fix it. First, we have to identify the problem. Then we have to talk about the steps in order to fix it. And we have, then after that, we have to come up with reasonable steps that we can take to fix the said problem. Even if those reasonable steps seem like they might be take a long time or are not approachable in this moment, that's still the direction that we have to go into. We'll just use, I'll use what's going on right now for a clear example. I used to say this to a friend of mine, is explain it to me in, in a way you would explain changing a tire. All right, you have a flat tire in your car. Well, first we need a 19-millimeter wrench. You know, we loosen the lug nuts when it's on the ground, then we jack up the car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You put forward a clear plan on changing the tire. I read a story that some millennials will not understand what I'm saying. I guess I'm talking to Gen X and above for changing a tire. But anyway, there's this, a, a concrete series of steps that you have to go through in order to change that tire, first of which identifying the problem. We have a flat tire in the car. To take this about what's been going on first with abortion and then with the COVID and the mandates on the vaccines, that's why I call it the culture war. That's what I was talking about when I said the culture war is because the same arguments being put forward for one issue by one crowd are the exact same arguments being put forward by a different issue with a different crowd. And these two distinctly different crowds find themselves at odds just because of the material. But what's needed is still the same thing. It's almost like we have the left tire and the right tire on the car's flat, and the people on the left are saying, I'm not going to fix it until we fix the side on the right. What we really need is we need a constitutional amendment that clearly defines bodily sovereignty and personal autonomy and personal sovereignty, bodily autonomy. We need a good, solid amendment that protects our freedoms, the freedoms of our person, that we can smash bad laws against. Whatever those bad laws may be, if the laws against abortion are too encroaching, we need to have an amendment in place that guarantees bodily sovereignty so we can smash that bad law against it. Again, with the vaccine, I had another friend of mine come back to me and they said, oh, well, COVID wasn't mandated by the federal government. And I call bullshit. We, we all knew that that was the direction it was going. The only reason why it didn't happen was because there was enough pushback to stop it from happening. The same thing with the abortion debate. We all know that there's elements of society that would love to see national, the national outlawing of abortion. They just can't pull it off yet. So what we do need to protect all of us is we need an amendment to the Constitution that guarantees personal sovereignty. That is the answer to the question. To do that, we need two-thirds vote in Congress, and to force them to do it, we need a massive movement, basically. We need, everyone needs to get together. There has to be a massive, massive, sustained effort of individuals in order to get the government to relinquish some of its power. Because right now, they enjoy having... They enjoy having regulatory control being the method to which they take freedoms. So in the system that we have right now, it's up to us to go and sue the government, the court systems, and prove that we have those rights, like what they were trying to do with COVID. We had to go and prove that we have the right to bodily autonomy because there's no amendment for it. 
the same thing is now going to be true with the abortion crowd. They're now actually now they're now going to have to fight it on the court system to prove that they have the right to their to the freedom of their bodily autonomy because there's no amendment in the Constitution that clearly delineates that. So that is what we need. We need an amendment in the Constitution to smash bad laws against. We need to have a situation where the government has to prove that they have the right, not we the people prove that we have the right. And the situation is backwards, and that's the way that our Republican was, republic was supposed to work from the beginning. The government had to prove that it had the right to infringe upon us, not us having to go to the government and prove in the Supreme Court that we had the right to our own bodily autonomy. And that's the answer. That's how we fix it. And what I mean by the culture war, as far as I see it, this is just me per, This is me philosophizing on what I think the problem is and how we, we have to fix it. We, have a, we need a massive, sustained effort across all levels of society. It doesn't matter who you are. That We all agree that bodily autonomy is more important than our pet issue, that bodily autonomy is something that will benefit us all. We all get together. We all lobby and leverage power of numbers against our local, state, and federal government and then engage in some civil disobedience as soon as we get enough momentum behind us to make sure that we have an amendment, that Congress gets the message that it's not going to stop unless two-thirds of them vote on an amendment that guarantees our personal sovereignty. And then once we have that amendment in place, then we have that amendment to smash all these terrible laws. It won't just be a policy decision from the CDC, or it won't be just your state legislator deciding whether or not they're going to give this right to you. We have it enshrined in the Constitution. They don't give a shit. They have to prove to us that they have the right to take it away, that it's a serious enough threat that they have the right to step in for the good of all. The burden of proof should be upon them, not upon us. And that's just how I see it. But that's only going to be done if we all work together. And that's why I'm saying that the culture war is so destructive. And what identifies the culture war is the culture war is, in a sense, like what's going on right now, where the answer would, f- would help both parties involved, yet they do not get together to push for it because of, single item, because of a single item agenda. To them, the single item agenda is more important to them, usually emotionally speaking, because they have an emotional agenda that comes in place before a logical agenda, a physical agenda. And they put that emotional agenda ahead of all, and they just have their pet grievance, no matter what that grievance is. And the only way to fix it is to work together, yet they will not work together because they're divided on certain specific partisan issues. So instead of working for the good of all that will benefit all of us, they will remain in their camp, lobbying, fighting it out between camps, and some bizarre form of emotional tribalism instead of working together for the good of all and enshrining some rights that are being eroded as we speak. That's what I mean by the culture war. Because we are, we are not acting in our own best interest. We are the ones that suffer for this. We are the ones not in control. We are the ones that are losing power and we are the ones that are losing freedoms. All of us. Not just one or two of us, but all of us. All of us together. And the only way we're going to get them back is if all of us demand them back both with sustained political action, sustained protesting, and civil disobedience. The civil dis- it's, it's like making bread. You have to have the right mixture of all three for these things to happen, or else the government will not. The Republican and Democratic corporations, I won't say the government because they're not the government. The government is our Congress. But the Republican and Democratic corporations that have hijacked our government and got a duopoly on government, can only be forced to relinquish some of their power if we do it in numbers with overwhelming force and civil disobedience and sustained protest. And we only do that when we're united. 
So that is why I say the culture war just keeps us distracted. It's a means to pit one side against the other, to have them camp up, to have an emotional form of tribalism based on specific issues that they can vent all of their frustration and energy out on on each other and not on the government that is continually consolidating power, spending money it doesn't have, and slowly but surely edging out we the people out of any decision-making process. That's what I mean by the culture war. All right, much love, cheers, uh, blessings to all. I'll talk to you all later. Live from Brooklyn, New York. I'm going to get back to work. <laughs> Growing up crazy, y'all. Have a good day.